America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. And today's raids ended with nine arrests and 17... Mike Tyson smokes $40,000 worth of weed. <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck? Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty I want some of that. Sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. His orders to his people and his police. Kill them. Yeah. Welcome to the Daily Attic Podcast. It's your boy Tim and your boy Dave. What's up? What's up with you, dog? Nothing, man. Fall's coming. It's fall is it on sucks, its way. Man. Croptober, some Crop-tober. call it. Yeah. I call it. I hate Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, dude? Just wait around, though. It'll change quick. It'll change back. We'll Every right. state says that, man. Dude, where else can you live in a state that's shaped like a fucking mitten? Nowhere but here. It's great. <laughs> I fucking love it. So anyways, we've been really busy lately. We've been on a roll for booking guests. So... If you're a fan of the show, like my little puppy is here, you'll know that we've had Claudia on. We've had uh, our first international guest from Australia. Matt Frazier was on uh, last episode. And going forward, we're, we're, we're hoping to, you know, collaborate and, and have more guests on that are interesting and have things to offer uh, you and the, and the community and the drug community. These damn dogs just broke into the fucking... <laughs> These the fucking dogs did a jailbreak on us, dog. That's all right. Fuck them. So make sure you listen to us and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Are we on iHeart yet? We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere? But I don't know about iHeart. Are we on Tuned In? Because I want to get on Tuned In so you could just say, Alexa, play the Daily Act podcast. I think we are. All right, let's fucking make it happen. Everything else, though. Everything else. I just want to make a small challenge to our listeners out there that if I say the city that you live in, because I know most of you listen to us on your i on your iPhones, I know it. <laughs> I know this for a fact. I just have this, I have this, you know, unique source that tells me. So if you're on your iPhone and you're from Riverview, Florida, Go down there, give us a five-star rating, throw a shout-out to us. Say, what up, y'all? What up, Tim and Dave? If you're from San Diego, California, Wellington, Florida, Denver, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Amarillo, Texas, Crowley, Texas, Detroit, Columbus, Indiana, get on there and do it. If you heard your city right there, just go on and do it. How hard is it? You already got your phone in your hand. You already listened to the podcast. Just roll down to the bottom, give us a star. Five star, not a star. Five star. <laughs> if you're going to give us one star, then don't leave a comment. <laughs> Maybe. But uh, today's episode, uh, we have a special guest with us. It's Justin Neal from MarijuanaDeliveryService.com. Welcome to the show. What up? What How is, you guys doing? We're doing great, man. Thanks for being on the show. Tell us a little about your website, um, marijuana delivery service. Yeah. Yeah. Marijuana delivery service.com. We're an online community and lifestyle brand founded in 2009. 
Uh, our motto is helping operators prosper, connecting markets, and delivering to consumers the products and services they seek. So, you know, we're vertically integrated. We do all things, man. I've been in this game for a long time in California, over 10 years, 12 years, and uh, just doing big things, trying to trying to get the thing going. Nice. Exciting. I love the site. It seems like you have such a broad scope of things on there for people to utilize, you know? Like like you said, you're vert- vertically integrated from every aspect. I mean, if you're looking for blog news on uh, on maybe growing tips or some uh, delivery services in your area. So that's what I kind of liked about it. You get, it relates to the people in their area. If there if there's services for them or, or ways for them to network. Yeah, definitely. We're partnered with operators across the state and uh, also work with an investment banking firm called Pacific Growth Capital. And we just launched an online platform connects early stage cannabis companies with accredited investors. It's called Spark, uh, S-P-A-R-K, sparkdealroom.com. So those, those are some big hitters and we're glad to be able to connect, you know, cannabis companies with capital. It's a, it's a difficult thing in the States, obviously. So I'm excited to be able to, you know, get people's dreams going with funding. That's a great resource. And that's something that, uh, you folks are always having trouble with, especially if you, if you are, you know, if you're a grower, uh, and you want to get into the game, sometimes the licensing and sometimes your business plan for what you need, as far as the specs of your building, the capital you need to get some inventory. Plus a lot of them have minimum liquidity, liquidity requirements. So it's very hard for, you know, a good grower to get in the game. So they always, you know, they're always looking for that person to invest and it's not always easy to find that person. So that's a great resource right there. It is. And even if you have an existing business that's licensed and you want to expand or getting to, you know, integrate a little bit, maybe with some extracts or, you know, go from wholesale to retail and really make your buck. You know, so, hey, I, I love it. I love it that you're out there in California, man. You're another uh, state just like us. Uh, very unique because you, the state, the, the weed has been there for a long time uh, legal. And it's it's kind of set the set the tone for the rest of the country and continue to do that. So how is the uh, how is the game out there as far as is there still a lot of growth or is there? you know, pretty much players in the game and, and the businesses that are established are just there and they're getting bigger. Is there a lot, you know, is there a lot of uh, opportunity still? No, there's definitely a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, this is a, this state's just uh, people think of California like it's Los Angeles, kind of like they think of New York, like it's New York city, but it's not, it's, you know, it's New York, the big state, California is mostly farmland, you know, it's a lot of guys out in the forest been doing this for, for generations, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so for a long time, it was, you know, since the early 90s, it, it was, you know, quasi-legal, gray market. So it was Prop 215. It was, you know, nonprofits. We were all falling under these collective co-op laws. There wasn't a lot of legal definitions in the legislation. It kind of depended on what judge you got, whether you're going to get a good deal or not. And, and it was, it was all over the map. It was the wild west. So now that the, you know, things are changing, recreational laws came in, 
a lot of the smart money started coming in. It's, uh, you know, just in general, it's California provides a lot of fruits and nuts and, and a lot of products, agricultural products for North America, really. So cannabis was no different. You know, the climate's amazing here. And people came down here in the 70s, uh, set up shop in Northern California out in the forest, and they just never stopped. And now you have more like Wall Street money, institutional money, a lot of uh, sub-billion dollar family offices start getting involved because the banks can't yet. So there's a lot of opportunity right now for, for the, the, the middle of the road kind of people to make it big before the, the banks, you know, open up. Yeah, once the banks get involved, you know how that fucking goes. Uh-huh. Exactly. They're, exactly. they're fucking loaded. They get, un, you know, they can, they can, they can provide money and capital, you know, and make it hand over fist without even, you know, they just get the money from the Federal Reserve. So they, they can just, yeah. you know, they have the, they have the open checkbook. So that's good. That's good that you have that because we kind of have that here. <coughs> Excuse me as well. Uh, Michigan is just booming right now. And, uh, you know, it's exciting because um, I've I've watched it grow from the beginning. You know, first we had the medical marijuana law uh, where you could have patients and caregivers. And there was 50,000 caregivers here and 200,000 patients before the recreational law hit. So there was a lot of activity and it took them forever to make dispensaries legal here. And even after they came out with the law, it still took you two years to come out with licensing. It's just been shit. They're still getting raided. They're still getting raided, even though they were. Yeah. Even though it was already, you know, something that is like already 90% legal and you're going to raid. And, and it's, we just put up with a lot of harassment in the beginning, but I think they're getting it now. But with the recreational coming in, they're not even looking to have anything done for that until the end of next year. Right. Um, some of the law, some of the rules are going to come out at the end of this year, but you know, there's got, it's got supply and demand, you know, you can't give out 50 provisioning licenses to start because where's your grow licenses? (laughs) You know, they should have started the fucking grow licenses immediately, right? They should have allowed the caregivers to claim their grows on their taxes and give them the first shot at licensing. And it would have got a lot quicker to the patients. So, you know, we definitely fumbled the football on that, but that was a lot of good stuff you said about Cali, dude. And I've watched a lot about, you know, the Emerald Triangle in Northern California and the people that, you know, had to fight and forge the way for basically this whole movement in this country right now. Basically, you know, they were persecuted and raided uh, with military helicopters and stuff and harassed. And they still, you know, they trudged forward uh, in, in, in victory in my eyes. Yep. So you guys are my heroes out there, man. Plus that Cali weed, you know, all the strains come over here. And we're just like, you know, oh, that wedding cake gelato or whatever. Whatever somebody's got going on, you know, Jungle Boys come out with something or whatever. And it, it comes over here. It's like, yeah, this is this came from the Cali. So much respect, yeah. much respect to the to the Cali game and the people out there, man. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, we got the those mad scientists out here with them genetics and doing everything very very detailed. There's a lot of innovation still happening. That's what I love about it. It's not just all established like this is the fastest and best we can go. There's still room to grow. So, you know, I anytime I see a new innovation, 
or something that's going to help uh, process or, or help uh, digest um, or even grow it. It's, it's exciting shit. So we love it. We just love it. We want to see all drugs legal though. So definitely, that, that's, that's our ultimate goal. And the last guest we had on, he said, he said something very, you know, intriguing. He said, well, look at alcohol, tobacco, and caffeine. There's no limits on that. And, and, and they're some of the most dangerous drugs for your body out there, like tobacco. Tobacco, right. he's, he named off all the diseases and everything you can get. He's, and I'm like, God damn, dude. That shit is so legit, you know? So so why couldn't you? I mean, make people responsible for themselves at some point. Right. Because it's just a big Ponzi scheme. But one thing they're not going to be getting, they're not going to be arresting people for marijuana in our states. No. Fuck them. We're beyond that now. We're going forward. Matter of fact, we're going forward with shrooms. And uh, yeah. that's going to be the big push in Michigan. So uh, I already know Oakland, Denver, they're the trendsetters there. And then we're just going to keep escalating until Dave can have cocaine, cocaine. island, the real cocaine <laughs> island. And then we'll be off and running. So yep, yep. we'll probably put it in Cali somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good, man. Right. By uh, Hollywood and all that shit. <laughs> we'll be tripling. We'll be tripling up. This dog is broken in so many times. He just wants to be part of the show. And you know what? Um, my dogs don't need it yet, but I've got uh, friends of mine who are giving their dogs those CBD dog biscuits. Oh, yeah. And uh, their dogs are, uh, my, my one friend, his dog is pretty old and he's been having a tough time getting around. He says he's like a new dog, man. Shit. He says he's just kind of, you know, he's running around. He's acting like a exuberant, youthful dog again. So a CBD is like a hit and miss, man. It depends. It's just not. I don't think it's just not. Uh, I don't want to say it's not regulated enough, but it's not regulated enough yet. Because you can get. <laughs> I think. What do you What do you think about that, Justin? Well, I was going to say that uh, I think a lot of times, you know, Mother Nature doesn't do things on accident, and so when you're pulling out one of the cannabinoids like CBD, I think a lot of times people are missing the boat because. It's the full spectrum extracts. It's the full spectrum that you need to really get a lot of the benefits. But that's what I was going to, that's what I was alluding to is, you know, if you have, if you're processing the plant in its entirety with all the cannabinoids and all the, uh, all of the elements of the plant together, then, then it's more effective than if you try to pull, uh, you try to pull one cannabinoid out and just use that. So you got to be very careful how they're processing. That's why a lot of these like New York hemp oil and all these reputable people that have high quality CBD products, they look for high quality CBD flower because they extract it from the flower and they extract it in the same way you would extract oil from, you know, for THC or if you were making maybe RSO or something like that, they, they extract everything. So that's why, um, so that's, I think that's why it's hit or miss because maybe, maybe you find the brand that's reputable, that's doing it right. Cause there's different ways to do it. There's different ways to ingest it. Yeah. I've, I mean, that's one of the big issues too, is, uh, benchmarks. This industry doesn't have benchmarking. It's a, it's a big issue for us to get to the next level of having, you know, commodity exchanges and a legitimate retail market as we have to establish better benchmarks. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do. We we got some work to do, but I, I think it's all going to even out in the end. It's it's something new and exciting, but I always knew when I first started smoking weed many, many moons ago, it was going to be legal in my lifetime. I just knew it. It was just made sense to me. And mostly I was high when I thought that, but... <laughs> But my case in point. So let's start the show. We're going to start it off with a interesting article. You know, one of our most popular episodes was a few episodes ago. I think it was 30 or 31. Maybe I'm way off, but it was about Harry Anslinger. We covered a show where we talked about his racist qualities and what a piece of shit he was. And it, it kind of blew up on our kind of blew up on our on our radar there. We kind of had, you know, a lot of interest in that. And not even two weeks later, not even that, only like a week later, Time magazine under their history crime section does the same exact does the same exact thing. Does the same exact story on Anslinger and talks about his him treating people unequally since the beginning of since the beginning of the drug war excuse me <laughs> since the beginning of the drug war and I just thought it was interesting um that usually Nixon is the one getting blamed for the drug war which rightfully so he started the formal war on drugs in America's public enemy number one and blah 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 but Anslinger was really the godfather of the drug war. When Prohibition ended, he had no, he had to find another boogeyman. He had to find something else that was going to fund his, you know, job basically and keep him going in the judiciary subcommittee um, on funding that stuff. So between 1930 and 1962, Anslinger established a lot of the standards that they use even today. And the dramatic drug bust, the harsh penalties, and some of his data was skewed. But this story really talks about how he treated two stars back in that day completely different based on their race. And that was Judy Garley, Julie Garland and uh, Billie Holiday. Um, Judy Garland was uh, a user of different drugs to help with her um, eating disorders and her weight um, amphetamines and things of that nature. And Billy holiday, uh, had a little bit different, uh, approach to drugs. I think she, you know, she was addicted to el- She had alcoholism. Um, she had heroin. She had different drugs that she dealt with, but she got thrown. She got basically, uh, unfairly, picked out and arrested even in jail that's how she died she died handcuffed to her hospital bed surviving uh you know surviving a an overdose and uh he he basically sent people around to watch judy garland um from afar and allowed her to be an addict and allowed her to do it and he never he never sent his goons after her but billy holiday who was a black a very famous uh black singer um, he was very disparate on that and made sure she got the embarrassment when she was walking out of uh, drug treatment places and stuff like that. So I just thought it was a coincidence. I wanted to bring up the story. Time magazine covers it shortly after we cover it. They put a different twist on it 
they obviously didn't frame him and what he truly did, which he sold the scare tactic of cannabis. He's like one of the first ones that was, you know, marijuana will make, you know, the black men date white women and things of that nature. We went through about 50 quotes of his. They're all unbelievable. Even at that time, they were unbelievable. I mean, if, if you got a major figurehead saying those things in front of everybody else and it's okay and nobody checked him on that shit. It's just, it's an amazing what this guy got away with. But the best thing ever is that when he died at 83 and he suffered from an enlarged prostate and angina, at the end of his life, he took morphine. Ouch. Ouch. He needed it. He was hooked on it. It's kind of like what's going on now with all the, everybody getting cut from their pain stuff, man. I mean, I bet you all the senators' mothers, when they need it, they can get that shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they'll take it away from all the people with cancer. and Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're big on this uh, cutting the opiates from people and just... Uh, just letting them suffer. Is that shit pretty bad in uh, California? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's everywhere, you know. The, those those pills are they fly off the shelves. A lot of doctors just that's their money maker, you know. Right. Are they, are they cutting a lot of like cancer patients and shit off of it too, or? I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to that. I'm not sure. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, so what's going on? One of our guests we have on, Claudia Mirandi, she's a advocate for patients against pain. Um, um, the patients that are actually, that are suffering from these new opioid uh, laws that are cutting their prescriptions short when they really need them. And uh, so they're basically trying to treat everybody the same. They're trying to treat everybody like they're addicts before they yep, even yep. take the, you know, before they even take the medication. And it's really um, becoming a, a different disaster in itself because now people are s- seeking illegal drugs. So they're seeking heroin and morphine or whatever they can get their hands on on the street to relieve their pain because they have le- legitimate pain. And uh, that's not, you know, that stuff ain't tested. That stuff, um, that's any street drug. The problem with most street drugs is they're not tested, you know? It, most people, when when they go to like uh, music festivals and they do like uh, ecstasy and drugs like that, they have little test kits, yep. you know, and they should provide those because you'd hate to take something that's uh, man made like that, some synthetic drug. And, well, and I mean, a know. lot of the drugs are having that fentanyl and shit in it, man. Yeah, that's what they do. They yeah. supplement it with the fentanyl, and you don't know. I mean, doesn't, all they got to do take much. No, it doesn't take nothing. That shit is. So bad, so bad. But, you know, it all started with this fucker Anslinger. And it was just, I thought it was just very crazy. And I'm not saying time did it because we did it because we're not on that scale, obviously. But don't copy off us, bitches. Get your own (laughs) fucking stories. That's all I got to say about that. Here's another story from Cincinnati.com. This Ohio lawmaker proposed using seized fentanyl in executions. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. An Ohio lawmaker has an innovative solution to the state's problem, securing execution, uh, execution drugs, use fentanyl seized by police instead. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Representative Scott Wiggum, 
He's a Republican. So time out. They're going to bitch and complain about overdoses, but then they're going to intentionally give somebody overdose. Yeah, man. It makes sense, don't it? If In a I, way? If I was a politician, it probably would. Right. I mean, if you think about it, but is it right? Fuck no. But, I mean, I don't know. The death penalty is a whole nother debate, whether you're going to kill somebody or not. But you're going to use the fentanyl that you seized that you don't even know. So they're saying it's painless. You don't even really know what the potent. You don't know if it's painless. You don't know what happens when you die from fentanyl. Really? I mean, what if you mentally suffer? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. Maybe it puts you right out. Maybe they shoot you with one file and it puts you right out. But the option he's saying is more humane than the electric chair or the firing squad. Which they rarely do anymore anyways. I don't know how many people die in Ohio from the death penalty, honestly. I have no fucking idea. I didn't even know they had the death penalty in Ohio. Me neither. And we're right there. We're like right here. This is much less violent way than the electric chair and the latest uh, lethal injection uh, that took 26 minutes. So they're saying that uh, this is uh, more powerful because the proof is in the pudding. Fentanyl is a powerful opioid. It's actually synthetic. Involved in 3,431 overdose deaths in 2017. Ohio Highway Patrol seized more than 108 pounds of fentanyl in 2018. That's a lot of fentanyl. When you figure one dose is only as small as like a pencil lead or a, or a rice grain. Right. That well, a rice grain dose can you can overdose on. You're really going in micro doses, much much smaller than that. So 108 pounds is is quite a bit. Um, he said, I don't know the potency of it. I'm not an expert, but it just seems like a lot. Um, Wiggum sent out the an email requesting support for the proposal amongst his fellow lawmakers. Um, while Ohio's prison system seeks an alternative way to execute death row inmates, a federal magistrate compared the effects of one of the drugs used. My dad's a lamb, my dad's lamb to waterboarding. So if they use this one, my, sounds my like dad, they're overthinking it, man. Why don't they lamb. just put a bullet in? <laughs> yeah, right. Just one, one bullet should do it really. No suffering, cheaper. Why a firing squad though? So the guy that's killing him doesn't know that he actually. I mean, yeah, because they only give you, they only give like one of the, the people who are firing the guns a bullet. The rest are blanks. That's stupid. That way, so it's not in your mind that hey man, I killed somebody. It's maybe well, whether, I killed somebody. <laughs> well, what, what difference does it make if you're if you're pulling the uh, breaker on electric chair or you're shooting them up with fentanyl or something? You're the person doing it, right? What the fuck difference does it make? They should make a robot do it for you so you don't have to have a guilty conscience. <laughs> I don't know. If they're not going to get rid of the death penalty, they should they should figure out something different. But them using seized drugs, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uh good or bad. I I don't know. I don't I don't really have an opinion on it. It's just weird. So, moving on to our last story. This is from uh the Independent and this one's kind of crazy, man. Police fire. The police were fired, excuse me, after claiming mice ate half a ton of marijuana that mysteriously disappeared from the warehouse. <laughs> 
More than 500 kilograms of marijuana disappeared from a police warehouse in Argentina, and the officers had an improbable explanation and must have been eaten by the mice. Senior officers... (laughs) The senior officers, it seems, were not convinced, and eight members of the staff have now been fired in connection with the missing drug. The cannabis had been stored for more than two years in the impound warehouse in the city of Pilar, 35 miles north of Buenos Aires. Um, It's just weird. During the inspection of the facility in April of 2017, it was discovered that 6,000 kilograms registered there. Only 5,460 kilograms remained. So there's about 540 kilograms missing. So that's over a thousand pounds, basically. Uh, former police commissioner Commissioner Javier Spacia was questioned about the missing narcotics, along with three other officers. All four told the judge their mouse story. So <laughs> it's like telling the, the teacher your dog at your homework story. I would love to be part of that conversation when they all got together. What are we going to say, dog? The mice. Mice, mice man. Well, you got to get rid of your Ferrari, first of all. Okay, I'll get rid of that. You got to, you know, put that fur. Yeah, I'll get rid of that. I'll do that. But what happened? Well, mice, dude. The mice. <laughs> Remember we saw the mice in the kitchen that one time? Yeah, dog. That's a great fucking. What the fuck are these guys thinking? Now, at first I thought they sold it for profit, but now I'm they starting to think it. they smoked it or made some concentrates or something because that's a crazy story. I mean, I think I think my 12-year-old could do better than that. She has done better than that. Fuck. That's weak. Forensic experts in the city's university agreed that the explanation was implausible. So you have to get a forensic expert to say that's a bullshit story? (laughs) Wow. And the the thing is, Mexico, though, this ain't Mexico. This is Argentina. Fuck. Go ahead. No. I I can't say it because it's about Mexico. I don't know how Argentina's drug war is. Mexico's drug war, they quit funding it. Right. So they would need the money. But the four police officers are now accused of not properly protecting evidence. So they're just being accused for not protecting it. So these mice like eat the whole packaging and everything? Um, I think. I mean, like they walked into the evidence room and they're like, fuck, it's empty. They they hadn't checked it since April 2017. So Bullshit. when they audited it. Well, somebody above them hadn't audited it, you know, until the until this point. So okay. let's say let's say mice did eat it. They ate a thousand pounds in two years. Why would they why would mice eat marijuana? <laughs> that don't even make any fucking sense, dude. I don't even think they would get I don't that's just weird. There's definitely be a lot of mouse shit everywhere. Maybe they're uh, vegan mice. Maybe. That's fucking Absolutely fucking nuts. I've never heard of such a thing. I'd be interested to see. What's that? When rats, uh, I know when rats nibble on the the base of a cannabis plant, like something in their saliva or something, just kills the plant. It's crazy. Oh, they do eat that shit. Well, no, no, not the not not the flower. Just the. They'll come if they come up and fuck with the stem. It'll it'll kill. Yeah, because rats are dirty motherfuckers, man. You ever see that yeah. show on uh, Netflix, Rats? The the Morgan Spurlock thing that talks Scarface. about? Scarface yeah. is awesome, too. But rats are fucking nasty. They're crazy. And I, I, 
that pisses me off that it kills cannabis, that anything kills cannabis. I say we kill all rats. I agree. Yeah, you kill fucking, the rats. Yeah. Kill the fucking rats and kill the fucking mice down in Argentina because they're they're eating all your good weed down there that you busted. Fuck. That's a lot that's a lot of weed to have in your storage for that long though. I thought they destroyed the drugs for the most part. Most police departments and agencies say they destroy the drugs. But I wonder. I wonder. Ooh. I wonder. I, this is the thing. They should maybe track these cartels or whoever, you know, they're getting their, their drugs. Or at least the mice on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should track this. Uh, they should track their, their shit and then uh, see what happens to it, you know. See what happens to it after. I don't think it all gets destroyed, man. I think that's bullshit. I think they fund underground wars and shit like that, like they did with uh, with the whole um, what's the thing that Oliver North was part of in Reagan? Iran Contra. Iran Contra. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, the Iran Contra. It was all funded by cocaine money, you know, and that was that was out there in Cali. Free Ray Ricky Ross. We, we covered that. I wish the that. show was funded by cocaine money. Yeah. Yeah, if this show was funded by cocaine money, dude, we'd be... We'd be flying Justin in. Hell yeah, dude. We'd be flying him in. Or we'd go out there, do it remote from Tyson's Ranch. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> We're going to go glamping. Hell yeah. Go glamping in that motherfucker and take care of business. Hey, man, it was great having you on the show. I really appreciate you uh, being part of the, the Daily Addict. Everybody, make sure you go and check out MarijuanaDeliveryService.com. Check out Spark Deal Room and uh, take it easy, man. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, thank you. That fucking dog gets on my nerves, man. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. He acted like he was on a stimulant. (laughs) Did he eat your cocaine? I, he broke into your evidence locker. He might have. That's that would be more plausible. <laughs> he broke into my evidence locker and ate all my coat, little fucker. I wonder why his name's Sparky. <laughs>